So for the season, just based on goals? Yeah, why not? Oh, yeah. Easy. I'll take you to the cleaners on that one, you dope. Hello and welcome to FPL Mavericks, your one-stop shop for everything FPL. Let us bring out your inner maverick and we'll find you those FPL gems. Join us each week for the highs and the lows of FPL points, hauls and flops. My name is Luke and this is my co-host, my main man, Benny. How are you today, mate? Yo, uh, excited to be here, mate. Just want to thank everybody for listening. Um, listeners all over the world now. New additions there is uh, Canada and Sweden. So thanks for listening, guys. Leading into uh, Gaming 5, big man. Yeah, we've got some Mav picks today that we think are going to haul in the, in the upcoming weeks. They're looking good. Uh, so we'll look at that. We'll also look back at the Mavs that flopped last week. Uh, we'll also, you're on Benny's Bargain Bucket this week. I'm doing Mitch's Mav Cap. And then we're bringing in a new segment um, towards the end of the show as well, which is going to focus on an FPL free hit style team. So that's the the best possible team for that game week uh, with the right balance of kind of like your your premium template type players. But we're going to fill those gaps with the best low-owned um, Maverick style gems. So bring that new segment in at the end of the show. So let's kick up, kick things off. I've got the, uh, the scores from last week's Mavs in game week four. Unfortunately, we had a lot of flops, mate. Uh-huh. Uh, poor old... Um, what Watford can't score goals anymore, mate. Saar must be killing you. He only pulled in a two-pointer for you as your, your leading Mav pick. No good. Yeah, that did was really weird. Watford? Yeah, I did. Uh, and I was kind of like waking up thinking there's definitely going to be something in this game for Saar. But yeah, such a weird game. Like Watford had the chances. I think Saar did put up a couple of opportunities across the, the face of goal. So I was fuming, to be honest. Um, but hoping next week he's in my team. So... Hoping next week he'll he'll do the bit goods for me. And Brentford Brighton was a bit of a yeah, not not much happened in that game. It was one nil to Brighton. I guess you could have predicted that, but um, I am a bit, little bit worried. People thought the defensive resolve that Brentford were showing early on in the season isn't quite there. Are you worried as well? Because I know you you had a little punt on on Henry in your wildcard team. I was absolutely good at that as well because it was a last-minute goal. Um, it so was, Trossard. Yeah, it was a great goal as well. I was watching the, the mini-match on Optus and I was like, here, here we go, this is going to be a great start, nailed it. Uh, I am a little bit, but all their stats basically show that they're good at def- defending. So I'm hoping that they, they kind of stay solid. I'm going to keep them yeah. in. Yeah, I think so. Like, there's a lot of people who are having problems in their front line as well, and and Tony, Tony's one that people potentially want to be moving on. But then you've got the the Antonio red card, uh, DCL's now out. So there's a lot of um, chopping and changing happening front lines, and Tony's one of the only fit forwards. So they might need to keep him on. Um, just looking at the two Mavs I picked, at least Havertz banked a clean sheet point for me for for Chelsea in their victory. So he brought in three points. And then Semedo, he was my my big call out. And we got him at the right time. He had loads of shots. He was he was one of the most advanced players in that Wolves. He's Matt Doherty 2.0. 
uh, and and he had two clear one on one chances, but couldn't couldn't finish, couldn't find the finish. So uh, Marcel on the other side took took the points with two dodgy assists. So yeah, I, at least I banked a six pointer for for Semedo on the clean sheet there. So we pulled in something. Um, I had four nails for the Benny's bargain bucket pick, and he he banked a clean sheet point, only brought in three, but didn't really have his. West Ham was slightly gone off the boil. That that game changed a lot when um, it, it just wasn't the style of game I, I was thinking, um, and the Antonio red as well. Mad red. Yeah, mate. It was it was a disappointing type of type of game. West Ham. Just, just didn't have. It was just maybe that was just one of the the blips they needed to have because they've been in red hot form leading into that. A lot of people are wondering what to do with Ben Rama this week. You got any thoughts on him? I probably hold him this week because uh, Antonio's obviously suspended. Vlasic will probably come in for him, and I don't see any reason why Ben Rama wouldn't play. The only problem is that they're they're playing Man United, so I mean, it really depends where you are with your team what transfers you have and, and what your strategy is really. If you're on a wild card and you've had a shocker because you've, you know, Tanganga's in there and you and you, you can't really stretch to to take in a minus four. Yeah, I'd maybe look at moving him out. But if you've got him, hold him for sure. Yeah. I think so. There's a, there should be other fires in your team. If he's the if he's the worst transfer you're looking to make, then if he's the weakest link in your team, then you're in good shape leading into this game week. There will be a lot of wild cards triggered uh, last week, this week, so he's one that people will be tossing up between because he's at an at kind of that um, price point where you need some some guys around that. If you're going with a couple of big premiums up front, then that five point five or six point oh, those players are gold. So, but at that price point, you don't need to be returning every week. He just had a red hot start, so people are thinking he's he's like a a son who should be delivering every every week. But at six point oh, you only need them to deliver something every one, two, three weeks, two two or three weeks. Sorry. So, yeah, you've definitely got a hold this week. And I, I've got Jared Bowen as well, and I'm sticking with him because he'll, he'll be playing that, that false nine role. So, and Man United against Young Boys were conceding, conceding shots. So I can see, see us get, West Ham getting something out of that, that game. It, it'll be a cagey affair. Mm, I agree. I just want to give out a shout out to the, the leader of our, or the new leader of our Twitter, Twitter league. That's Mitchell Krinis. And he got game week four score of 75 and his total point is 338. So well done, mate. Storming up there. He's doing really well. I had a look at his his team. He's in reasonable shape. Good shout. Uh, And the other one I just want to call out is we picked Kane for Mitch's Madcap. So you had had Kane as your shout out, but that Spurs game was was just an abomination. That's that was horrendous (laughs) performance. You you would have watched that game because it was the early match, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was horrendous. It was really poor. Um, I really think I've got I've got Crystal Palace wrong. Um, they've got some really nice assets in there, and at home, their crowd and when Zaha picks up the ball, like they they just they look really good. Crowds make it. Yeah, I, I must admit they they it, they played some entertaining football. The first half was a little dour, but it, there's so much action in the second half. And what an introduction for Edouard. When he came on, yeah, he he, two goals in it was a goal in twenty-seven seconds. As soon as he came on, second touch, bang, loves it. And there'll be a lot mm. of people who who play F, who don't play FPL seriously that see that and be like, "Let's bring him mm. in." Gallagher was the one that obviously caught the eye, and he's he's cheap um, as an enabler. He's he's getting a lot of chances, you know, in and amongst that 
18 six yard box. So he's getting in the right positions. It's just a matter of, of consistency and how much you trust Crystal Palace. But Crystal Palace, but at that price point, he could uh, he could be the the guy to go for. They've still got some tough fixtures though coming up. So yeah, that I, I've cool. got them. I've got them kind of on the radar when I'm looking a wild card, maybe game week eight, nine, ten, around that kind of mark. So yeah, that that's when I'll be looking at at Gallagher from from Palace, but definitely caught the eye there. And the other the other thing was the fact that Kane hardly touched the ball. He, he just Lucas Moura was basically the only player that looked like he'd give a fuck out there. <laughs> when he was playing, but they were, they were there's just no heart in that performance. It was would have been really disappointing if you're a Spurs fan. They did a Spurs classic Spurs. Did a Spurs, yeah. So, mate, who who have you got for your first Mav this week? Um, I know um, you and and Andrew of FPL FPL Point Break spoke about him last week, so I'm going to give a bit of a shout out to him here um, as inspiration. Um, so well done, mate. Uh, I'm going with Trincao of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wanderers. <laughs> Wanderers. Yeah. Um, he's 1.1% owned and he's at 5.9. So he's almost a little bit of a, an enabler. And there's a few good players knocking around at that price point. I just really, really enjoyed watching him play. Like yeah. total eye test. There's Traore in the mix there that you could look at that's probably going to go off soon. Um, but I'm going with this guy because I still think Traore, he just doesn't look like he's going to get that goal. And he, he basically does his thing where he bursts past the fullback. Like he left Danny Rose in his wake and literally cut one back. And it's like the only two players that are going to arrive in the box to, to put that in is Jimenez or Trincao. And I think Trincao is just, he's, he's Trinky Trincao. Like he just, Dinks in, dinks out. <laughs> like he picks up the ball, he he lays um, raking passes into Traore. So even if Traore does end up actually putting the ball in the back of the net, it's highly likely that it's him or Moutinho that's going to play the ball through. Mm. So he's got 10 points at the moment. Um, he's on set pieces um, or, or at least corners um, when Moutinho is not taking them. So there's another um, potential um, route to points. I think, you know, obviously Wolves' defenders like Saiz and Cody can get their head in the ball. So, yeah. yeah I, I took a, I had a close look at that that Wolves game over the weekend because I've, I've penciled them in as one of the teams with a great fixture run now. So I want to work out which, which is their best asset to get on. And Trinkau is definitely, he, is, he gets in some really advanced positions and I noticed that he, he's, he kind of ghosts past his marker looking for those cutbacks. So he was in the right position for that um, Traore cutback. But Traore is a bit of a he's, – he's, he's, he's your ultimate maverick because he's so far off the spectrum that he, he's a bit too wild. So he actually didn't have – he's kind of gone off the boil in terms of how attacking he did look in those first two games. But he's, he's still – he was still creating. But it's like um, – he got into that position, and I know that exact one where you you, you were talking about them when he burned um, Danny Rose and did that cutback. But it's almost like that he's he's too quick for his own good. Um, yeah. He was carrying two men who were tracking him at the time that he couldn't get a good enough cross in for for Wolves to convert. Um, I, he's he's I, I would steer clear of Traore. I 
I don't think he's that. He might have one or two explosive hauls all season, but then you're you're risking a run of eight games where he'll do nothing, and that's what it looks like now. Whereas Trinkow, Trinkow should have had a couple of um, attacking returns already to date, like a lot of Wolves players. But for some reason, the, the, I think it's just because there's it's a new attack this season. Like there's new players. Um, Jimenez has, has had that long layoff. It's just taking a while for them to gel, but they're getting their, their strongest team back out in the pitch. Podence returned and, and looked pretty lively when he came on as well. That, that could be the only thing that Trinkow maybe is not nailed on for 90, but um, we spoke about this in previous pods um, during during the international break. We spoke about it, that the fact that Trinkow's playing really well. He's one of their most creative players. Um, his vision's impeccable. He's got a good shot on him as well, so I can foresee him um, banking a goal um, still and remaining creative, being a, an, an outlet for assists as well. Yeah. One final point on that, and I noticed um, Wolves do rely, I'll just add this in, Wolves do rely on, on Jimenez being quite a quite a unique creative type player as well. So he tends to drop drop off deep a little bit and it does lead um, the likes of, allow the likes of Trinkau and Semedo on the right-hand side to, to push ahead of him. And that's where Semedo was, was picking those chances because... Um, Jimenez was dropping out. Um, Semedo was pushing up high, uh, and it was, it was Trinkau on the kind of on the left that was drifting around that other side as well. So that's where, yeah, I, I saw some really interesting movements out there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I think Jimenez would be a good pick if I, if you were wildcarding and, and wanted that cheaper striker to re- replace um, DCL or you know Antonio. But personally, I'd probably want to keep Antonio, but. Um, Trinkia, great looking player. Yeah, man. Just to finish on him um, with some stats, his his xG per ninety is zero point two one, and his shot per ninety, which is what I'm more interested in, is two point eight eight. So uh, I think that last stat there is definitely something that we can consider for a, for a, for a Maverick asset. Love it, mate. For the first Mav I've gone with is is Saka from Arsenal, and and don't knock me. He didn't he didn't return on the weekend. He's gone down to six six point three mil. Uh, he is still seven percent owned, which I thought was quite high. So, yeah. But but the reason I uh, tweaked onto him is that is he really stood out on the weekend. He had a lot of shots in the box, so he was in amongst the action the whole game. Uh, he had, he ended up having six shots in the box. I checked that stat. Um, one of Pepe's shots that came off the post. Saka was in the right spot. If things, he he was close to being the goal scorer on on several occasions. So I think he's primed to provide some FPL points on the, the start of this Arsenal run. That was an, such an important game for Arsenal. Obviously, they've kicked off their season. It was a relatively unconvincing win. But my dear, dear Benny, they fucking took three points. <laughs> so we're going to see some improvement from them there. Definitely. <laughs> And Saka is the one I've, I've pinpointed to do that. 6.3 million, he's good value. Yeah, and I think he's got the track record. Like last season, he was in my team. Um, he was obviously a bit cheaper, um, but he's an all-action player. Like As we saw, he can play at that world-class level for England. Um, he jinks in, he jinks out. He kind of is happy to lay on assists, and I think he'll get... He will haul. He'll haul this season. He'll score an assist. that It'll mm. come together for him. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with Saka, mate. It's a great shout. I know one will have him either. Yeah, I don't think so. He's not. He's not in that wild card template or or the kind of the team that people are picking. I think a lot of casuals brought him in after the um, 
the Euros because he, he was obviously looking good in that. And he was in a lot of teams to start the season. And because he's obviously hasn't played, he's been dropping out of teams. So he's low owned in the in the kind of like that upper echelon of, of managers. And there's no real rotation threat there, is there? Not really. Like, it, well, put it this way: he's he's in their best eleven. So if we're starting, he's in their best eleven on the right hand, right side. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he'll he'll be there for eight out of ten games. I agree. Who have you got for Mav number two? So, for all the listeners out there, um, I've got a bit of a bit of a affinity for this bloke. I think me and Luke have known each other for about four years now, and we've always had chat about this guy. He's big, he's burly, and his name's Christmas Wood. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Yes, book. I thought you were going to give us some dodgy maps today. I was worried about your picks this week, but but I'm on board. I'm a Chris Wood guy. I got yeah. wood for wood. <laughs> Let's get some wood for wood. Um, the big Kiwi, 1.7% owned. Burnley have played well. Like, and I know they've lost and they're not doing too well. And then the last game against Everton was a bit of a capitulation. Yeah. But they've played well for about an hour each game. Yeah. And they're creating chances. And because, because of the set pieces, they're such a threat. And this guy is a huge unit. He's actually probably bigger than you, which is... Difficult to say, I know. It's quite crazy to think. <laughs> but he's going to get himself in on, on the end of chances. Um, he always gets about 10 goals a season. It's just when you catch his run. He's 6.9. Um, he takes penalties. I think this week he's going to he's going to actually score. So yeah, go He should have scored on the weekend. That first half was... I, I really didn't enjoy watching that first half Everton West uh Everton Burnley not much happened there but Chris Wood he's he's always lurking and he banged in 12 12 goals last season and him and Ashley Barnes have looked pretty good together since they've come back and you're right that there there's Burnley were creating opportunities Dwight McNeil he's he's a freak he's just uh, he's so light on his feet his movement's great um, they'll they'll be starting to create more. Well, they definitely created more chances, and Wood honestly should have had a goal. There was one that, that McNeil put on right on his head, but it, there was just three players coming together, including the keeper, and um, Wood had a slight hesitation, so he didn't quite get his head to it, but it, it, it was put on a plate for him there. So realistically, he should have brought some points home there. I think that they're 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 poised to get some goals in the next couple of fixtures. They've got. Arsenal and Leicester, uh, but after that, it's the Norwich fixture in game week seven, which we really want to see um, some goals in for Wood. And and every season, there's a game where he'll get two goals. So, and, and they're the big differential weeks. And I know a few managers in leagues that have been against me that have brought in Chris Wood, and I've I've gone, nah, you're gone, mate. My team looks <laughs> ten times better than yours. And then he'll do something like that and destroy your rank. Well, it's funny you should say that because it'll be. Wood versus Saka in the Mavs this week, and Burnley yeah, are at true. home. So that I can, I feel like this is going to go either one way: either yeah. Arsenal come out full of confidence and they batter him, or Burnley shithouse them and send send the boys up in Barnes and Wood, and they get a penalty and a header. Because Arsenal are not strong at set pieces, and Burnley are very strong at set pieces. So They've got the two big Tarkowski and me. Yeah, that will cause problems. 
So yeah, and he's got uh, just to finish that start on him. He's he's got an xG of per ninety of zero point five. So it would say he's he's due a goal. <laughs> would say he's due. Christmas would is due. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. All right, my Mav number two. I'm going back to my my boy Reese James. So after his suspension, there's it's it's interesting. He's well, his ownership's definitely dropped. He's down to seven percent. He's still at five point six, um, but but I'm really liking the the fixture coming up against Spurs because from what I saw against Spurs, if they if they perform anywhere like they started in that game, they didn't even look good off in at, at the off in that game. They weren't really keeping possession or anything. So I think Chelsea will dominate possession. So I'm banking a clean sheet there. Uh, a lot of wild cards and a lot of um, trades would be involving the likes more, more so the likes of Christensen, Rudiger, Alonso. So I think now's the good time to get on Reese James because he's far more explosive uh, and with less threat of rotation on his side compared to the likes of Alonso. Mm-hmm. So and and that enables you to get a Chelsea player before this um, this game week seven run that they've got, which is um, which is just sumptuous. Mate, um, what I will bring as a as a caveat to that pick, and it's interesting because a mate of mine, Andy, watched the Chelsea uh, Villa game quite closely, and he made a couple of call outs. and And I went back and and checked this: is that Chelsea did give up quite a few opportunities. Aston Villa were a little bit unlucky in that game. The scoreline didn't quite reflect the the nature. Of, of how dominant potentially Chelsea seemed. So it was 3-0 in the end, but Watkins had a couple of gold chances and maybe he was a little bit rusty there. But, yeah, it just made me think about, hey, hey maybe Chelsea isn't this locked-in clean sheet that they seem to be every week. So, yeah, that, that just put a little question mark in my head. But I think he's best placed in um, in what looks to be the, the one of the best two defences in the league so far. So you've got Chelsea... And, and Man City there. So I think for explosive potential, Reese James is definitely the go-to. And I can see him doing something in this in this Tottenham fixture with a bit of a patched-up Spurs back line. Yeah, I, I think he's actually one of the premium defenders in the game once he's, you know, once this fixture run comes in. You know, he's got mm-hmm. a great delivery. Um, he's not scared to ping a shot. Like, we, we've seen a few times now, even in the England internationals, like... I think he pinged the crossbar when he played in centre defensive midfield. Yeah. Um, he bombs forward. He's reliable, and I think he is two shells number one right wing back. So, and that's a great. Yeah, position. he's earned his trust. Mm. Yeah, definitely. All right, mate. Do you want to do Benny's bargain bucket this week? You're on. You're up. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm gonna get a bit of stick for this, but I'm really pumped for this pick. Uh, and I was chat- I was chatting with my brother, um, just trying to find some inspiration because I know he he gets into the fantasy Premier League over in England, and he suggested this guy, and it's uh, Timu Puki of Norwich, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking cellar dwellers. Yeah, okay. He's, he's if they're going to score any goals, and and it's and I know Norwich have had the worst ever start to a Premier League camp- campaign. But they're going to come through this guy. Like, literally, who else have they got? He takes pens. Mm. He has got a decent enough XG, so it's not 0.42. He's pooky. Like, he's proven. 
He's a proven goal scorer. He's got to come off, and I think this is his run now. This is the only chance they've got. Norwich did did look okay um, at times during that that match against Arsenal on the weekend, mm-hmm. and um, I, I'm, I'm, my concern is that they don't look like scoring a lot of goals, and Puki just doesn't look like he is. He doesn't. He doesn't look as threatening as what he did to start that last season when they were in the Premier League. Um, but I don't know, maybe something. I think they'll they'll be more comfortable up against uh, in inverted commas championship opposition against Watford because obviously they've they've had battles with them over the years. So I think they'll lift for this game. And like you said, they're they're at home and they are absolutely desperate for three points. So I think this would be the week that. Especially if you were looking for a, an enabler in a wild card, say you wanted to to bring in Ronaldo and and um, Lukaku up top, you, you'd either want to go a cheaper midfielder, or if you plug and play Puki up top, he could be the other one that could enable that front premium front two. So I'm I'm definitely thinking that he could deliver something over these next set of fixtures: Watford, Everton, Burnley, Brighton. Um, you do have Chelsea in amongst that but then after that as well then you've got the likes of Leeds Brentford Southampton so you've got this long run of good fixtures so I'm definitely uh, he, he's one that I never would never bring into my team because I, I I dabbled with him that season where he you know he blew up on on the opening game week against Liverpool and then he scored a hat-trick a couple of weeks later um, I brought him in late and had a couple of blank runs and then from then on I just went uh, Norwich and not my not my team for attacking players. So um, I, I still think they're they're adjusting with the fact that when D is gone, they're, they're just finding their feet. And I think they'll come good. They had a they they rotated their squad a bit over the last couple of weeks. So I think um, Fark's landing on his his best eleven, and they'll definitely be out to win, take the three points this week. I, I think that'll actually be a good game, despite the. That they're the two lowest um, XG teams in the league at the moment. I think that'll be a little bit more open than what people would be anticipating. Question for you: Puki versus Armstrong. They both have similar fixtures, and um, they're both similar players in the sense that they're just strikers. Obviously, Armstrong's a little bit quicker. But who would you go for in that run? Interesting, them? you say that. I was contemplating putting a point forward on that just then, but I thought, no, nah, I'll leave it. This is a kind of a Norwich focus because personally I would be going for Armstrong. But what he has shown and and simply the way Southampton have been performing, he's fitting in really nicely into that team. And it looks like he's the most nailed on striker. So even over Adams, I think he's got the preference. Um, so he had he's, he's a, not a shot-shy guy. He's, he's the most advanced player. He's, he looks really threatening. If it was me, I would. Uh, it's it's a no contest for me. I'd be backing Armstrong. Okay. Have, well, have you got a different opinion? Well, I was going to say, F, FPL Mavericks, new bet, Stone and Wood. You you want to go Armstrong versus Pookie? Because I think Pookie will end up outscoring Armstrong. So for the season, just based on goals? Yeah, why not? Oh, yeah. Easy. I'll take you to the cleaners on that one, you dope. <laughs> okay, that'd be good because my housemate's a Southampton fan too. So every time Pookie scores, I'll be buzzing. Yeah, you'll be cheering in his face. 
Okay, done. Perfect. Case of stone and wood. Locked. Yeah. All right, mate, I've got Mitch's Mav cap this week, and I'm going back to my my old favourite, my guy, Torres. He's he's at 16% owned now, so he's jumped up ever since he, he had that, um, that haul two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still a differential captain choice. So the way we're looking at Mitch's Mav cap is, is that you've got these template, high-owned, premium, obvious captaincy picks each week. But often within leagues, that if you're looking for an advantage, you're looking for kind of like that, that lower-owned player, um, but you've got the potential to match or exceed that of a, of a more safer captain pick. So that's why I'm thinking um, Torres fits the bill this week, especially. He was subbed off in the champ, in the 6-3 Champions League game this morning. So it kind of signals that he's poised to start. Um, they're, they're up against Southampton. Um, the players around him, um, Greilish, um, Jesus, they're, they're in really good form at the moment. I think Man City definitely will be in for goals. The only thing that concerns me on this pick, and it's something that that he's um, consistently surrounding the Man City attack, is that they tend to share the points and share the goals. So they scored six goals today. Torres didn't get one, and he's the he's a striker. So... Mm. That, that, that's my concern is that you don't know where the points are coming from. Whereas with other teams, you kind of know who the talisman is. You know who's going to be involved in, in most of the attacking um, points that come out of those games. Whereas Man City, they, they seem to be sharing them each week. So you've got to ride them out to, to bank the halls. So, so that's why some people just, just lock in Ruben Diaz at the back and get clean sheet and bonus. Um, whereas the attackers are, are more maverick, mate. Dare I say it? <laughs> there you go. And I think that's one of the most difficult things for me personally in FPL is just riding that that couple of games that they don't do anything. And I even I'm even struggling with Torres this week, which is crazy to say, because of he just played so many minutes. But he got he got subbed off in the Champions League, so hoping that if I hold him, I'll be rewarded. Yeah, I don't think they've really. I don't think Pep's at a point yet where he'll put KDB or Sterling there. So I think what well, seems like Torres is still still the main man up top. All right, so now this is the new segment that we're bringing in is is the fantasy free hit. And this is brought to you by at FPL underscore point break. So he's been hounding us to get on the pod for quite a while. And, and we came <laughs> up with this, this segment and he's, prom- uh, he's promised us a, ca- a case of stone and wood. So we'll have to get him on the pod to, to, to give him a shout out and for him to, to bring his free hit team to the fore. So yeah, he's out there um, working a double shift for the coppers. So he can't get on this morning, but would you do him the honor of reading out this, this free hit team? And then we'll look at who the, the key players are and some of those low-owned fantasy gems within the team. Yeah, so um, his goalkeeper four point five is uh, Backman of Watford. He's got his backup of of Steel uh, for Brighton. He's gone with Reese James, that we've obviously pointed out. He's got the uh, powerhouse of fantasy football, um, which is Alexander Arnold. He's got an enabler at three point nine as. Uh, I'm really going to struggle to say this guy's name. Omar Bamadeli. Omar, Omar Bamadeli. Uh, he's got Cancelo of Man City. 
and then Liver Livermorento, who I guess would be first off the bench. Yeah. Moving into uh, midfield. Oh, you want to speak about defense first or just just to call out, um, just so everyone knows, the formation he's going for is a three-five-two. So keep that in your mind. So the three defenders there are Reese James, Trent Alexander Arnold, and Cancelo. That's a huge back line. Yeah, massive. And then obviously midfield? the mid- midfield, we got the King, Salah, Jota, Torres, Rafinha, and Pepe. And then up front, we've got Lukaku and Bamford. Okay, when when he sent me this team, when he first sent it, I thought, nah, that's a, it's it's a bit rough around the edges. But when you look at it, and when you read it out, then I'm looking at that back line: Reese James, Trent Alexander Arnold, and Cancelo. They're the three biggest, most explosive um, FPL defenders in the game. So, um, you know, it, it's a huge potential for for clean sheets and attacking returns on all fronts there because they've they've all got reasonable fixtures. He's got the two cheapies on the bench. Um, in midfield, he's, he's, he's gone for Pepe as that kind of left field pick. Um, yeah, love Pepe. It, yeah, you're a Pepe guy, aren't you? Yeah, I think he's good. He's gone down to 7.2. So they've, they've well, like I picked Saka, he's gone with Pepe. I think Nor- uh, Arsenal are ready to kick their season off now. So we should be seeing some, some attacking return or more goals in come to Arsenal there. Torres as well. I like that he's gone with him. Yeah, no, I, I like Torres. I think um, he, he's definitely one of your your players um, that you've shouted about. Yeah. Uh, he, he could... Pfft, I, I don't know about Torres. He, he He's winding me up because he's in my team. Like, do you hold him? If I get rid of him, I know he'll score. That's the thing, and I've already worked it out with Torres that if you've got him, you hold him. But if you're wildcarding, I'd probably go elsewhere for something a bit more secure because you don't want to be wasting transfers on that seven mil slot, like that that mid price. You you potentially want to have a couple that are more secure, and then have that could be the 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 one area that you target in your team to shift in and out. Alternatively. It's just one that you stick there and and let let it run. And maybe this is the time to just let plug and play with Torres and just let him go because you will pick up the odd haul and hopefully that's this weekend. Mm. Salah and Jota are just they, they they pick themselves at the moment with Firmino looking like he's been out. Jota's very very attacking. Mm. He could have hauled on the weekend as well. I can't believe that the way Mane is playing at the moment. <laughs> and then up top we've got Lukaku and Bamford, and I think they're um, two big picks. That that historically um, Chelsea Spurs fixture has has got goals in it. I'm surprised he didn't work in um, Ronaldo there because I think Ronaldo is probably a better pick than Lukaku this week. But potentially that patched up Spurs backline. Lukaku Chelsea could have a field day. Any thoughts from you there? Yeah, I, I actually want to bring it back to the Leeds boys because. I am not sold. I'm I've, I'm a huge Leeds fan, as, as you know, mate, and I've watched the last couple of games. And I just don't know where they got. We just look so off frequency. Like, moving forward, like, the ball breaks down. It's almost like, shit, what do we do? Let's get the ball to Rafinha. Fuck, Rafinha, like, tries a few stepovers, crosses it in. Defenders clear it. Bamford looks... A little bit off the pace, I'm going to say. Um, 
I, I just don't think you move the Leeds boys in yet. I'm, what, I'm putting what, a caution did, on them. Leeds, that was Leeds, I didn't watch the Leeds game, so I knew you would anyway. So did Dan James make any impact? Nah, I mean, obviously, again, really. there's a caveat to this. We've just played Liverpool. They're really yeah. strong. They look a title contender. But I just didn't see Leeds in that game. There was no commandeering runs. There was no interchange. There was no, I think the only decent chance we had was Rodrigo. So, yeah, something's got to change. And I think Newcastle aren't as bad as everybody makes out. I generally mm-hmm. don't. And St. Maximan looks a standout player for me. Like, he scares mm-hmm. the shit out of me. We've just lost, we've just lost Pascal Strike. Cox's not back from injury yet. And I still don't yeah. rate Cox at the moment. Looks like Ailing's going to probably have to move into centre-back, which is not his preferred position. Hmm. And the whole balance of the team looks off. So, although it's fair enough, you, you can go against my opinion and bring in Rafinha and Bamford. And I think Rafinha is going to be a long-term pick, right? Yeah. We've got a great run of games. I would just maybe wait and see and leave. The perfect call. If it was me, I've already made the decision. I'm only going with, with one of those players for that run because they haven't shown anything yet. So... If they start performing, then you can make the move and, and double up. Um, but some people are already on the triple up with with Ailing, Rafinha. They've brought in Bamford because DCL's obviously out. A lot of people are trading DCL or Antonio for Bamford, which seems logical on paper, but might not pay off. But um, yeah, so we shall see. But I like your you're thinking that Rafinha is a longer term hold. I'm hoping I'm wrong, by the way. Um, for yeah, this of course, week. you want to see some results from them. On paper, they should we should get something out of Newcastle mm. but yeah interesting uh, it should be a good game week coming up very excited cool alright Benny good luck with your team mate and we'll reconvene on this same time same bat channel next week sounds good mate <laughs> <laughs>